Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today we'll be speaking with Curtis Davian, who works for PIP Horticulture, which is a division of PIP Mobile Storage Systems. Our topic today that we will cover with Curtis, will be discussing high-density mobile shelving and storage systems and how they have been integrated into cannabis. Curtis has an extensive background working in this, in this space, over 25 years, uh, working in deploying these types of systems in healthcare, education, government, and even public safety. And he currently is the national sales manager for PIP Horticulture. Um, Curtis, I'm super glad to have you here today. Uh, I have an extensive background um, designing and building uh, multi-tier growing systems, and PIP is another great product we've seen in the marketplace coming in. I'd love to uh, have, you, have our audience really understand what is um, PIP Horticulture and what is the background of what uh, PIP uh, mobile storage systems used to do before they came into the horticulture space. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate the opportunity to share what we're doing here in our environment. Um, so uh, pit mobile storage systems has been around for, for 40 plus years and focused primarily on the business and retail market. And our customers would be the major retail brands that you'd see out there, large entities that have multiple locations uh, nationwide and worldwide. And we provide backroom storage solutions in those, in those stores, saving space, allowing them to increase storage capacity in a pretty tight footprint area. Surprisingly, this concept has been adopted in the horticulture space. And I think we've played a pretty big role in helping to develop that application and really helping to demonstrate how effectively these systems, modified, of course, from the type of system we use in a business or retail environment for a cultivation environment, a grow facility, a horticulture space, um, large, obviously larger, uh, some material modification and some functionality changes. But in essence, these systems are designed to allow vertical storage, multiple levels of storage on movable aisles that allow the user to eliminate static wasted aisles that take up critical space. And you know as well as I do, Ellis, the value of that space in these growth facilities is tremendous. So if we can double or triple the capacity of canopy space for a grow facility, we're really making a huge impact in how that operation functions, what kind of revenue and profits and efficiencies it can reach with what it does. Curtis, with PIP being in the high-density mobile shelving space over the last 40-plus years, what was the tipping point or breaking point that made you want to look at the horticulture side and get into this sector? Oh, yeah, great question. So um, a number of things came together to, to lead us in this direction. And among them was the obvious fact we can't ignore it. Um, Amazon is a tremendous force in the retail space and it's affecting traditional retail brick and mortar stores significantly, not, not, not completely, but it's having a significant impact. So uh, brands and stores that might've opened 50, 100, 200 plus stores per year, maybe opening at a lower rate, or maybe static right now and not expanding at all, which has an impact on our growth trajectory if we remain in the, in the retail space exclusively. 
So we absolutely went out looking into the marketplace. What's the next market for PIP? And we did this about three years ago. And you know, where are we going to find a growth opportunity that we can serve, we can add value, and we can build around and really design winning solutions for, dedicating our efforts to that space? And we landed here. After doing research and looking at a number of markets, we made a decision about two and a half years ago to focus, really concentrate our focus in the horticulture space, indoor growth facilities specifically, and that's really how we got here. Okay. What kind of obstacles have you encountered trying to bring this technology into this new sector? Um, what, what kind of pushback have you seen from cultivators? Um, you know, how, have, how has this uh, slowed or, or increased your pace of getting into the space? Well, um, you know, to kind of carry on what I shared a moment ago about kind of how we landed here, um, besides learning about the growth potential in the industry, we realized the more we learned how strong of a fit our current operation was, our current product offering, our manufacturing processes, um, our distribution strategy and how we go to market, they all seem to fit well for the market demands of this space, of the cultivation, specifically indoor cannabis growth facilities. And we felt we were really going to be able to, to execute well with that. So, I mean, some of the challenges, of course, we had to learn a whole new industry. Um, we thought when we first stepped out into the market, hey, we're the mobile racking experts. We've been doing this for decades. We're going to let our, our new customers, the growers, the, the operators, tell us exactly what they need and we'll build it. We learned pretty quickly, probably as you know, Alice, this is a, a new territory for everybody, large-scale commercial indoor grow. And everybody's learning. And everyone's got different ideas and strategies and challenges, and they're trying to learn and connect the dots and figure this out. So we realized quickly that we were going to need to do much more than just simply, you know, manufacture, ship, and install our mobile racking systems. We had to learn about proper spacing, airflow, transpiration rates, how to mitigate microclimates, all kinds of concepts that we never dreamed of when we're building these systems in a retail or a business environment. Suddenly now we're walking through indoor farms. Job got a lot more interesting. Job got a lot more fun. Clients changed. And here we are. But yeah, we had to really, I'd say the, the number one challenge was education and learning about this new market, how to solve the problems and how to set our clients up to win. That sounds like you, you guys took on being growers. You've got to put on that cap and look through those lens to truly understand um, you know, how your system can work and be implemented. And, you know, you're going through a lot of great detail there with just transpiration and humidif humidity and all of these different things you got to play into this equation. And it gets tricky very fast. And we've seen quite a bit of these facilities be built and fail. And um, they're very expensive to do. And uh, it, it's not easy to, to operate and run these things. So it's neat to see the learning curve, what you overcame. And I would say it's ongoing. Clearly it's ongoing. And, and with every project, that knowledge base grows, as you know, I'm sure you guys have the, a similar pathway as you expand your knowledge base. And, and um, it's exciting and fun. I mean, we feel like we're able to bring the learning and the knowledge from our existing client base into each and every next new project to make sure that they have success. And the things we learn, it's really one of the values we bring now with 
you know, north of 100 installs in North America, you know, we're now able to pool that experience. And when we get questions and we have challenges from new clients, we're able to either tap from our existing experience or even bring those clients and references into the conversation and really create a bit of a network so that we can help one another. It's a really important part of what we're doing. Well, that's a great value to offer to all, all the folks that you're working with because being able to have that access to knowledge and resources, uh, this is a very complex um, you know, way of cultivating. And so that's great that you guys are, are doing that. And it sounds like you guys are students of the craft, which is super important to always be constantly learning and trying to improve and taking that feedback from the group that you're working with and really understanding how to um, you know, offer the new solutions to the next folks coming in and spending money. So that's great to hear. Absolutely how you guys are evolving and, uh, and helping the industry. Um, as, uh, as you guys have, have really stepped into this space, you know, you have the racking system and you guys have learned a lot about what to do uh, as far as transpiration and this and that. What other technologies have you had to bring in to help with your racking? I know you guys offer some other solutions, but what is it outside of the racking that you guys have helped develop that makes your, your, your technology smarter, better, uh, and, and, and more complete? Well, I think the first thing we did in that area is we uh, focused on, on the trays that fit into our racking system that obviously support the plants and, and you know, the irrigation systems. So that tray line of ours was uh, developed in a number of ways. The first thing we did is we went out and we acquired a company that had developed a very strong product offering there. Um, Greenhouse Inc. We offer four different products in that area based on the way the growers are irrigating, the way they want to access, and other functionality they may need, such as attaching lights on their hardware. These trays offer different features. So that was our first step towards really customizing the solution a bit further and looking at the operation, how it's functioning, and how do we enable them to hit price points they need to hit and hit functionality priorities that they're focused on. Um, We've also begun to install some of the complementary products that hang off of our systems, for example, an airflow system that is a critical part of a healthy environment. When we add two, three, four, five levels into a facility, now we're creating that microclimate challenge and we've got to make sure that proper airflow is being delivered across the canopy. Um, so we'll perform the installation services when we're on site building and installing our systems for some of those vendors that offer that product line. Um, and then really just learning about, you know, obviously the LED lighting manufacturers. This is an LED driven application. The advancement of LED technology has enabled the mobile vertical racking solution to really become more of a standard today because we can get tighter spacing on our elevation between grow levels because those lights aren't so hot. So understanding how those lights integrate into our system has been a very important part, how they attach, how they operate, what kind of distance we need between top of canopy and light. You know, and really just understanding all that and bringing it together in the design process. You know, what kind of equipment might be surrounding our systems on the walls in the back of the system, on the side of the system, can we use a full you know, wall-to-wall -wall rail length so our carriages can span the entire distance of that room? Or do we need to stop short of that in some facilities because they've got equipment that might be filling the space around our actual shelving and racking systems? So I'm not sure if I completely answered your question, but um, just all part of the design process and the things we're doing to try to really customize our solution 
to meet the needs of the growers. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking to Curtis about PIP horticulture. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Welcome Sorry to Cannabis Confidential. <laughs> you got me again. All right. Uh, you got me again. Welcome to Cannabis okay. Confidential. Ah! <laughs> hey, we did it. We did it. Yeah, Welcome. I have the coolest guest today. You guys already know. The one and only Tommy Chong. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. I am Ella Smith, and I'm here with Curtis Dadian from Pip Horticulture. And we've been talking about uh, Pip Horticulture and their mobile racking systems for cannabis. Um, Curtis, I appreciate you breaking down the the additional uh, work you guys have been doing to the racks to really bring the added value to the end customer. I know there's a lot of uh, different competitors out there and not everyone is offering this full package solution. And uh, it, it takes a lot of the thinking away for what a lot of the growers may not understand coming into this, into the system. So help me understand why is PIP different than who is out there in the marketplace? What makes you guys stand apart? Uh, wow. A number of things. Um, I think first and foremost, our approach to the application has been like I mentioned earlier, uh, beyond just simply providing a racking system. We really want to understand, you know, how, how to optimize the grow environment and what role do we play in that. A lot of the components inside the grow rooms and the cultivation facilities attached to, hang from, or are affected by the racking system. So design is critical. Components are critical. Features of how things come together are a high priority. So the first step would be understanding how that works, understanding how to optimize it, and really bringing attention and focus to the result, to actually what's being done in this rooms, and not just simply 
bending metal of the factory, shipping it out, putting it up and saying good luck. So that, that'd be number one. Then number two would probably be our, our distribution model, how we go to market. We use a factory direct model. Um, we have a lot of control over our designs. We have a very dedicated, relatively large, committed, focused team at our corporate center in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And they're focused on designing, installing, fulfilling these cultivation facilities every day. And it's what they do. And that allows us to pool our knowledge, bring this learning together and make sure that we're advancing together. We don't have separate offices in different cities around the country that are independently going to market without a lot of control over what they may be doing. So that helps us a lot having that factory direct model. We do have local representation but we manage the installation process. We manage the design process. Even the pricing comes from factory direct. So I think it's a real advantage for us. Um, and then materials. You know, we've used, for example, aluminum tracks and aluminum carriages since inception for the past few decades. And you know, I think some of their products out there um, are based in, in steel. They're, they're using steel, steel uh, tracks on the floor and steel carriages. And obviously in a wet human environment, and they just don't perform as well, and they don't have that corrosion-resistant characteristic that our products do. Uh, we've added antimicrobial paint to our racking products, and we've really begun to customize the product to perform well in a cultivation facility. One of the things I noticed with your technology versus the others, you know, we, we built a handful of these ourselves with some other manufacturers that, that were very overbuilt, uh, just didn't require as much that we felt that we, that was going into these designs and as far as the steel and the support, when we saw what you guys were doing coming into the space and understood that this is uh, a little better layout and use of the technology and not having to use something that's so over-engineered. And that's one of the things that really jumped out to us as well, that uh, it's, you're not having to pay for all this extra beefy steel or materials to hold this up. Yours were, were, uh, designed to really manage our use specifically. And that's one thing that really jumped out to us. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, another reason why we felt we were such a good fit to move aggressively into this marketplace and really take a lead position in the indoor mobile cultivation racking system applications. Um, you know, our systems are designed really for even heavier loads than what we need to accommodate in the growth facilities. I mean, we've got a lot of air between levels. The materials being stored are relatively lightweight. Even when we've gotten into some hydroponic applications, our weight loads are, are non-issue. We're able to accommodate that. You know, if you imagine a traditional setting where you've got you know, many more levels, tighter packing and heavier items on these trays, I mean, we'll, we'll move a thousand pounds per linear foot, no problem. And we're nowhere near that in a growth facility with what we're moving on our, on our system. So. So absolutely, that allows us to keep our prices in line. Our lead times are tight, you know, two to three weeks, probably, you know, maybe a third of the industry average in terms of how quickly we can get a system manufactured and shipped out and installed. Um, so it's a real advantage to us designing the products the way they are, the specifications being what they are. Again, a very strong, nice fit for this application. Yeah, we saw that 100%. That's why we love the technology. I'm going to change gears a little bit, and I want to kind of look at the installation aspect of these things and working with building departments and passing code. 
how big of a challenge has that been for you? I know in the California market, you've got to really focus on the anti-tip aspect of it for the earthquake component, even in general. That anti-tip is super important to ensure no one gets hurt or injured. And so what have you guys seen and haven't overcome to help educate some of these building departments, or has it been pretty easy for you? Well, thankfully, um, we've got a lot of experience here. And granted, this application is new, and different cities, as you know, and as you mentioned, different states, different cities, uh, down to different local areas, are all handled a little bit differently. We've got to be aware of that. Uh, But for the most part, having an in-house engineering team, uh, installing north of 500 systems a year, and in seismic zone areas and out here in the West Coast already and doing that for years, being very in tune with um, what's required to meet seismic code and to get through that process, nothing new for us. Granted, again, these applications are different and it's creating some degree of questions um, on some projects, not most, but in some instances we've had to deal pretty closely with, for example, the local fire marshal you know, having a closed tray without allowing uh, drip through for irrigation and water in the case of a fire event um, it is, has been an issue. It's been brought up at times, and we've had discussions about how to mitigate that risk and what we need to do. But the fact that we've got a lot of space in between levels, we've got a wet, humid, irrigated product on the shelf as opposed to, you know, box goods that are, you know, much more of a flammable, flammable risk. And these systems rarely involving HPS, HID, hot lights, and using LED low heat lights, bringing that risk down even further. Um, so far, we haven't had, um, it hasn't been an impasse, but it's something we're continuing to learn about. And again, some market tougher than others, for the most part, uh, we've moved through pretty easily. Okay. Good. Yeah, we saw some issues uh, early on, and we uh, quickly understood what we had to do to help inform these building guys to kind of give us uh, the thumbs up and move forward. So, um, you know, you, you've mentioned 100 installs. Where's a lot of your focus? Where What, what part of uh, North America or even Europe or the globe are you guys installing? Where are, Where's your footprint? Uh, it's really spread out uh, somewhat evenly uh, across the U.S. and Canada. I, you know, West Coast, Southern California, Northern California, uh, obviously Portland, Washington, um, East Coast, Massachusetts, Central uh, Colorado, um, Oklahoma, Michigan, um, East, Central, West Canada. Um, those are really the spots that have had the most activity for us. So it's been pretty spread out. How about the hemp space? Are you playing in the hemp at all for with the with the drying aspect or um, even the cloning business? You know that's a big game that I've looked at using your technology for just to maximize space and capacity. It's beginning. Yes, we're beginning to get requests on on hemp projects. So yes, that that um, that is beginning to to happen for us now. What percent of PIP business is cannabis? If you don't mind me asking, knowing that you guys have taken this step a couple of years ago, um, and especially seeing the comments you made earlier about Amazon, the big box stores and these things in storage, where? Sure. How's that, how's that evolving? So I'd say it's a growing percentage. <laughs> like I'm happy to share that. Um, um, and we see it as a significant piece of the overall entity of PIP Mobile Storage Systems, Inc. Um, so there's a lot of focus, a lot of energy going into it because uh, we're able to generate results. We're able to have a big impact to the client. 
Uh, we're being well received and we're continuing to improve our offerings. So we see this as a big part of our future, um, as well as the traditional markets that we've been in for many years. We'll continue to focus heavily on, on both. All right, Curtis, we need, to t- we need to take a break. We come back, we're gonna wrap this up. We got a few more minutes left and we'll uh, talk about OSHA and safety and a few other things. Uh, please stay with us, we'll be right back. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Curtis from Pip Horticulture, and we are about to dive into some questions on OSHA and how this has made a big change on how we are looking at these designs and function in this space. I know that um, we have not had OSHA really come into this space yet until about a a couple years after being operating with some of the ones I was working on. And so there's a lot of obstacles, a lot of no-nos that we were practicing and doing. And I was very scared to watch a lot of these growers walk on the second and third tier of these uh, grow facilities. And so what are the things you guys have done to help address this issue as uh, not everybody is using the same technology for ladders and um, joeys and lift uh, lift trucks and these things. So how have you addressed the ocean aspect for this? 
Well, Elf, we have gotten questions on what do we do for accessing the upper levels? And many of our systems installed to date uh, are two, maybe three levels. Um, typical application for us would be a two-level flower room and a three-level bedroom, for example. Getting that second tray up around six, seven feet off the ground, somewhere in that range. Um, so really, to be honest, not to sound too basic, but most of these facilities are using simple rolling platform ladders to access those upper levels. Um, also rolling scaffolding uh, ladders to give them a little more distance to walk left and right, maybe six foot span once they're up on that higher level. So that, that solution's been working uh, well for us and for the, for the users. Um, for higher environments, when you're going with that, you know, maybe that third tray is at, you know, nine, 10, 11 feet off the ground, uh, electronic scissor lifts are being used. And, and that also seems to be uh, serving well. And, you know, these environments are recognizing, well, they're going to double or triple canopy space, and they're going to clearly add a step, which requires accessing those upper levels, which, of course, takes a bit more time than just serving a single-level environment. And the trade-off seems to be, you know, a clear win, you know, to get that increase in capacity, uh, the trade-off being you've got to you know, go up a few subs on a ladder to service and access those plants. So, um, you know, it seems to be uh, working. We're continuing to look at ways to improve that. In fact, we're in discussions currently uh, with a lift company that's got a unique product, a, a lightweight, lower cost lift uh, piece, piece of lift equipment that we think might be able to get into more facilities. More facilities might choose this over the rolling ladder. That's in testing right now as I speak, actually. Um, so we'll continue to look at this. We've had some other things too that I probably wouldn't, uh, wouldn't share just yet, but other creative ways and, and safer ways to continue to improve access to these higher levels. But currently right now, we haven't had any issues on safety. We haven't heard of any injuries or any accidents at all uh, with the these installs that we have. It seems to be working really well. That's great to hear. You know, we do a lot of design. A lot of our clients are wanting to do multi-tier systems. And we've looked at so many different ways to uh, really get folks up to those higher levels. Uh, turret trucks, we really like the functionality. They come from you know, traditional warehouse work, but you have to sacrifice so much space in the front to get these things to move around. And the whole point of these systems is to really maximize the space. And so you bet. Uh, we haven't found the end all solution. You know, there are some great tools that allow us to do the job very efficiently and effectively. Um, but I think we're all still, um, you know, uh, still applying that being a student to the craft and understanding that we are not satisfied with the status quo. It works. But we know that, that uh, with, uh, with the right mindsets, we can hopefully develop something that can really be a little more effective in the future. But for now, uh, it's neat to see what's out there and what's being utilized. And, th and that's a great point, Elsie, mentioned understanding uh, the turn radius requirements within these aisles and the spacing. And that's part of this whole design process and this whole education process, learning and becoming accustomed to this questioning and survey process before we actually finalize the design. Because each facility has a little bit of a different intent on how they want their workflow to happen throughout the facility. So we want to understand what kind of spacing is needed in front of the handles that move the rows back and forth. And what about behind the system? And are you going to make a U-turn in the back or are you going to snake up front and come around the front of that aisle to get back into the, the next aisle that you're servicing? So 
that allows us to build the proper spacing and think about that access before the design of the system is completed, not afterwards. And they've got to kind of shoehorn a solution in because they've got four feet when they really needed seven feet in front of those handles to make the proper turn with, with the equipment that they would like to use for that access. So all part of that question process and all part of the design yeah, process that we go through. And even the doors to get into that room is even, you've got to take that into contemplation as we've built some in the past and we've seen the doors were very tight and uh, quite a bit of holes punctured in the walls and stuff. And even indoors, <laughs> we've seen so, uh, but once again, you I know, bet. there's a I way. Bet we've had to maximize the production capacity where we could. And so those were our limits that we dealt with. And so it just, you got to become a very good driver of those machinery. So. Yeah. And even into the workflow with the carts. So we've, you know, expanded our product offering into workflow carts as well, transferring from flour to veg or clone to veg and, or I should say from clone to veg to flour. And, um, and the height of those carts needing to fit through doorways has been something we've needed to consider and design it with that in mind. And, and uh, anyone that comes to our site and looks at our product offering today will see more than just cultivation racks. They'll see a full line of, of uh, clone racking, um, processing carts, workflow carts, transportation carts, uh, lockers for personal belongings, really everything you would need storage related within a grow facility and an operation. That's great. Well, today we had Curtis Dadian on from PIP Horticulture. Uh, we learned quite a bit about what PIP is doing in the cannabis space and all the innovations you guys are doing. Once again, Curtis, thanks for getting on today. I'd like to give you an opportunity for any last comments as we wrap this up. And once again, thanks for getting on today. No, thank you all. I really appreciate the opportunity to share what we're doing. We're really excited about this space. We've seen uh, some amazing facilities and it just continues to advance and to be honest, kind of blow our mind to what's being done in this industry. We've enjoyed meeting the people that make up this industry. They've been amazing to work with. Uh, their enthusiasm and excitement is incredible. It's infectious. It helps us get excited about what we're doing. And we're just looking forward to continuing to support this incredible industry and this group of people that are driving it. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this edition of The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon on iHeartRadio. Thank you. See you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.